Hey, welcome to the Living Box Free Podcast. I'm Ashleen Seitz. And I'm Becky Ford. And this podcast is brought to you by our coaching and consulting company, On The Rise Group. And we are here to talk about personal and professional growth. Yeah. If you enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share. And let's dive into this week's topic. Hey, friends. Ashleen Seitz here wanted to give you a quick intro to this episode. We recorded this episode a couple of months ago when the FFA convention was in town, and I just knew it was going to be a great episode talking about innovation, talking about how to get around the obstacles of communicating about mental illness and mental health within the workplace, talking about dealing with mental illness and mental health in the workplace. And I just knew it was going to be a great episode, but I wanted to hold on to it until it really fit in a, a series and here we are here is the series that I knew it would fit in into obstacle courses and so I just wanted to give that intro for you I'm really excited and I hope you enjoy it Hello and welcome back to Living Box Free. I'm Ashleen Seitz and I'm so excited. I have some special guests here today. I have Megan Measler, Kate Wielden, and Alex Wiedenhoff today are hanging out with me and I'm excited. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> excited to be here. We are going to jump into um, talking about wellness in the workplace. Uh, these folks work for Cargill and I'm excited to hear even more about I. This is like Becky's crowd, and <laughs> she knows what they do, and I have no idea. Um, so, well, I have a little idea, but we'll get into that. We're going to talk about workness, work. Oh, gosh, guys, this is going to be good. Wellness in the workplace today. Excited. Before we do that, and before we have you introduce yourselves, Megan, what's on the rise for you this week? Ash, I think for me, my anxiety is really on the rise this week. Um, first time doing a podcast. Mm-hmm as well as in town in Indianapolis here for the National FFA Convention. And so just representing Cargill and really engaging with the students has me on a little bit of nerves. Yeah, that makes sense. Understandable. Uh, Kate, what about you? On the rise for me this week, um, my airline miles are on the rise. Uh, We flew in uh, from Minneapolis, so quick flight, but... Still get those miles, still save those up for some fun trips in the future. Yeah, fantastic. And Alex, we didn't have enough microphones for him. Wah, wah. So he's just (laughs) hanging out with us, and we will let him jump in if he has something that really just, he's like, you guys are idiots for not saying this. So (laughs) Awesome. Okay, well, Megan, why don't you start? Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so Megan Meisler, I've been with Cargill, so 22 years, so started when I was 12, I feel like it, Uh Um, but uh, always been in the protein business and in that space, a former FFA'er, Um, but my work today really centers around social compliance, social welfare, so with that, it's really looking at the employee's experience in our processing facilities um, and how the folks, the individuals that are putting, helping to put food on your table, um, and their experience at Cargill. So, okay. Awesome. Kate, what about you? Yeah. So currently I am a general manager of a a meat processing facility in Albert Lee, Minnesota. I've been with Cargill 12 years now. I've worked inside plants. I've worked at our corporate offices. I'm back in a plant right now. 
Um, and it's all about, you know, managing how we're doing our day to day operations, mm -hmm. making sure that we have an engaged workforce. We have about 250 employees on site um, in Albert Lee. And so um, we're trying to make safe food safe and safely make product for our consumers, yeah. um, which are human and uh, pets. So okay. we do both. Yeah, I learned that earlier that you work with or pet food, basically. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. Not things that I ever really think about is like, where does pet food get processed? Yeah, well, and this is, a, it's very unique because yeah. it's the human quality pet food. Right. So it's got to be made alongside human food. Um, and it's just a very new process yeah. for Cargill Protein. And we've been learning a lot. Yeah, okay. Um, could one of you tell us a little bit just about Cargill? Because some of us are, I mean, you talked about your roles, but some of us don't really know what we're talking about. Yeah, so I, I think one of the things that that Cargill takes pride in is we've been at, we're a privately owned company. We the family members still actively participate in the business, and so we are the largest privately held um, company in the U.S. And so really, our focus is really around and as Kate mentioned, providing safe, nourished food in a safe and sustainable manner mm -hmm. um, to to our consumers. But I also like to. Say a kind of a cool fact, and I was using this fact with some of the students today, is over 80% of the items have somehow been touched by Cargill if hmm. you were to go to your local grocery store. Wow. Okay. So we're everywhere around you, but no one knows, <laughs> knows. really who we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Including me, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But now I know. So yeah. this is great. Yeah. I'm, getting to, I'm getting to learn. Well, awesome. We're going to talk about wellness today. I know both of you um, have some experience that in that, both through leading people and focusing on it through your roles. So I'm excited about that. How we're defining wellness, we usually use the um, Global Wellness Institute definition. So that's what we're going to use today is wellness is the active pursuit of activities, choices, and lifestyles that lead to a state of holistic health. So if you're like, why are we talking about wellness? What is that? <laughs> that's what we're talking about. So let's jump in. What innovative ways is Cargill working to improve wellness for their employees and community? Because I know there are some because we yeah. talked about it. I, I'll it. go ahead and I just want to kind of I love that definition using the word holistic approach and one of the things if you talk to anybody at Cargill safety is probably one of our number one priorities and making sure that folks are coming to work and going home to work and going home to their families and so one of the things that we look at from a safety standpoint it's both the physical and psychological safety of our employees mm -hmm. and so one of the things that um, that I'm really proud of Cargill and have been really involved with is around our mental health. Um, don't know if anybody remembers this little thing called the pandemic that we've been Completely. going through. I don't know. Um, Sounds familiar. <laughs> just a little bit. You know, folks that were used to coming into the office um, were, were going, were sent home on, on one day and yeah. and we went home and we're working remotely um our plant folks um they were deemed essential workers and and they were going into our plants each and every day but their jobs didn't look the same yeah um and, and kate can really allude to that uh, and maybe kate maybe you can chime in with a little bit of that yeah it was definitely different um i hadn't worked in production facilities in about six and a half years um, at the start of the pandemic, I was still a corporate employee, so I was working from home. Um, and I just wanted to get back into the plants. Um, I love where the people are at. Um, and I went into the plant, and it was so wild because 
um, every conference room, there was um, some sort of plastic structure on the table oh gosh, so yeah. you could divide it all out. Our break, break rooms were the same way. Um, normally, we just have, you know, hairnets, um, uh, safety glasses, but we had like full face shields. Mm -hmm. um, there was barriers all over the plants. Um, we had uh, shower curtains hanging up to divide people who were in different areas. Wow. So um, I know our our facility and, and the majority of the food industry had to stick through a lot of those pandemic um, requirements a little bit longer. And that's an innovation that happened overnight. Mm. And you think about that. Um, yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking like, okay, shower curtains, someone had to think about that in the, in the moment and be like, yeah. how can we fix this? And I, I think that was, that made me proud that, that we were able and we had teams and it just wasn't one person that was going into a facility. And this literally happened overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, I, another thing I think that's innovative and one of the things, this was happening prior to the pandemic, but um, Cargill and if many of you on this podcast would listen are from rural America and that's where a lot of our facilities are located. And one of the things that, that is challenging living in rural America is access to affordable health care. Yeah. And one of the things that we were able to do is about 13 of our facilities um, in North America and the U.S. have um, health care. Um, it's ran by Marathon, so a third party. Okay. But they have access for the Cargill employee as well as their dependents. Okay. And so... Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then also just recently, this has usually been physical health, but recently the, the psychological health, mental health mm -hmm. has been added. Uh, and just the stories that are coming back from that. Yeah. Um, and Albert Lee is actually one of the um, facilities that has a marathon clinic nearby. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really nice. It's dedicated specifically to Cargill employees. Mm -hmm. um, you can uh, get a same day appointment. Typically, um, our other option in small town Minnesota is the Mayo Clinic. And mm -hmm. so the Mayo Clinic, very expensive. Yeah. Um, it takes a little bit longer to get in. So it's been really nice to have those um, really close by. Yeah. Um, the employees enjoy it. Um, we're trying to uh, showcase the, all the different services, as Megan said. Um, they're just starting to do some more psychological things um, and having uh, different mental health um, activities out of those clinics. So we're going to be um, uh, rolling that out mm -hmm. here in the next few months. And we're excited to share that with the employees as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Megan, when you talked about the mental health aspect of it, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. And as I was kind of preparing for this, um, I was trying to think about so I've been with Cargill 22 years, yeah. and I came in as a young female um, into to a very male-dominated um, group. Yeah. Um, and I think about my experience 22 years ago. We just didn't know better. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had anxiety since I was uh, since I was in kindergarten. Yeah. Um, and I learned to cope. I learned to hide it. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember early on, um, and and I know there was good intentions behind the words um of just let it just let those comments roll off your back like water on a duck's back yeah. and and for me it made it harder um because when I did get emotional or when I did have anxiety I was in my brain hearing those words yeah um and so fast forward 
a global pandemic. And one of the things that I was able to do is one of our senior leaders approached me about starting a group called ICANN. And so this is the Cargill Ability Network. And what it is, and this was specific to our protein team, is around seen and unseen disabilities. Mm -hmm. And so nothing like starting a group around mental health during a global pandemic. But (laughs) (laughs) um, so I think about it, and to me, it provided an outlet because I don't think prior to the pandemic or prior to this group, I had spoke about my mental health. Yeah. Um, and so it was, for me, it was a challenge because I was bringing in, um, speakers Mm. that were talking about mental health and talking about what we need to be sharing with our managers and with our, our colleagues. Yet I wasn't doing it and Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing it very well. Um, and so we are in a different space where folks are talking about it. And the one thing I've realized as we've opened up and talk about it, so many of us are going through it yeah. at the same time. It's true. Yeah, it's something so many people deal with, especially, like you said, during the pandemic. Um, and that's, yeah, it's easy to relate to. It ends up being easy, easy to relate to once we start talking about it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I would say that Cargill, too, over the last couple of years, especially, um, I've been involved in a couple different like leadership initiatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and leadership programs. Um, and mental health is talked about. It, I mean, just in general, it's talked about way more. Yeah. Um, so people are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable about it. Um, we had a whole um, section on it. Cargo has a women's uh, leadership program called Bridge. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the and we were actually in Bridge during the the middle of the pandemic. And um, so that was a huge thing. And they were talking about how Cargo even has like services where um, they'll let you take a little short survey and they can help pair you with a mental health professional mm-hmm. um, to see if that's something that you want to start pursuing and digging more into and stuff like that. So in general, I think 12 years ago when I started talking for or working for Cargill, nobody talked about mental health, um, behavioral health. And now I think it's just more I think they're we're trying to take the stigma away yeah. of talking about it by bringing it up more in like the leadership programs that we have. Um, I'm trying to bring that back to the plant a little bit too. And as I'm meeting with some of our management team, you know, what do you guys want to talk about? Like what's on your mind? What are those tough subjects that yeah. we normally wouldn't talk about? And like letting people be just a little bit more vulnerable about it. Um, so I think that it's it's just progress just in the fact that we we talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And the uh, third person in the room um, <laughs> <laughs> brought a great point up, and what Kate and I have really been speaking around. We do have um, an employee assistant program. Mm-hmm. So within Cargo, we know it. We love acronyms. So um, the EAP, okay. but that program is really, uh, and personally I've used it. It's open 24 hours a day, yeah. um, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, and, and we have the phone number out there. Um, and it is, it's that immediate, if you're having a, a crisis, mm. um, 
and you need someone to talk to right then and there, um, they're able to talk to you and then they're able to pair you up with somebody in the local community Mm -hmm. to get you through, to have someone to talk to. Um, And it's one of those programs you you don't think about needing it, but when you need it, it's great to have. And is that through like powered by Cargill or is that also outsourced? So that we, it's a, it's a benefit of Cargill. Um, it's managed by a third party. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. Another thing that I think is really cool that Cargill's doing, um, one of our core values is put people first. Um, and there was a huge initiative, um, within the protein, um, production facilities within the last year, um, of making our, facilities as inclusive as possible so um we all got updated mother's rooms we all got updated um like we call them like quiet rooms Mm -hmm. for anybody who needs to just take a second um if you have a religious need to go um do some prayer we have some uh reusable mats stuff like that um we also you know um not at my facility because we don't have uniforms but um, there's a lot of facilities in North America that the women's uniforms just were men. Not yeah, yeah, they they didn't mm-hmm. fit. Um, they weren't meeting the needs of the people. So there's this huge survey that got sent out to all of our production locations, um, I believe, at the, the HQs as well. But um, they really specifically made sure that there is this big checklist. And, you know, you had to have your mother's room. You had to have... Um, parking for expected mothers. Um, you had to have um, feminine products available mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, so just the big push for the inclusion piece um, has been really big with Cargill First, and and that's all about putting our people first. Yeah, and I think that I think Ash that ties into a lot of a lot of its physical safety, mm-hmm. but along with it comes the mental wellness. And yeah. so if you're looking at from from an inclusive environment and and that you can just really bring your whole selves to mm-hmm. work and I I think you know during the pandemic and, and inside Cargill and outside of Cargill you hear this word how do you be authentically you? Yeah. And how do you bring that to work? Um and I think it's such an interesting topic Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how do you be you? Um, And even if you do have a mental health issue and I really, I I spoke with one of my friends who is a a counselor outside Mm -hmm. of Cargill and I I was like, what, what's going on? And like, what are you seeing from a mental health professional standpoint? And I think it was prior to, I look, I try to look at the pandemic as this blessing that came into my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And prior to, we were all just holding it together. And this was the thing that kind of broke some of us, broke a lot of us. And now we really had some time to sit there and focus on it and talk about it. And wow, we wouldn't have had that time if we hadn't had the last three years. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Um, it's so interesting to think through how things have changed and how what what is positive, what's negative, mm-hmm. and what the overall impact has been. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, this doesn't have to be a on behalf of Cargill answer. It can be a, on behalf <laughs> yeah. of you individually. Because yeah. um, it is interesting, Megan, you brought up that, um, you know, bringing your authentic self and your whole self to work. 
I think there's been a shift over the last, I don't even know, 20, 30 years of it, it felt like it used to be you come to work, you give your best self at work, the non-problematic, non-emotional <laughs> version of yourself at work. And now we're shifting toward bringing your whole self and your authentic self. Where, what do you think of that shift? Is it causing problems? Is it making things better? I would just, there's no right answer to this. I'm just curious what your take is. I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's causing problems. Um, I think that it just allows people to express themselves a little bit more. And like, especially when you're working in a production environment, um, you never know what's going to happen. And I feel like when people can be themselves and talk through situations together, they're they're talking more freely. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you know it's challenging, um, and sometimes it it isn't, depending on the personalities. But um, we're also doing things like taking those personality tests and understanding like how someone functions. And when we know how everyone on the leadership team functions, we can figure out how to work together better. Um, so I like it. I, I enjoy talking, um, to all the people at the facility, you know, the more you get to know them, the more you feel comfortable talking to them and working with them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. I enjoy it. I love it. Um, it's very different from when I walked into the meat factory that I worked in 12 years ago. Um, it was, you know, let's do the production numbers. Let's do this. And, and now it's a little bit more, you know, how was your weekend? Right. What's going on with the family? You know, yeah. what what gets you excited outside of work? Because we're not just here for work. Like if it was just work all the time, I think we would all go a little crazier than we already yeah. are. You yeah. Know? And, and I, I think I echo, I, I totally think the changes that we're seeing within, within our company and I think even the culture is is a good thing for me. Um, I take a little different spin in the fact that I was a 22-year-old female moving to Nebraska by myself, and my work friend, my work colleagues became my family. Yeah. Um, and, and we are, and if you go into rural America, or if you're in, as I am in Wichita, Kansas, we are one of the largest employers. Um, and so, and you spend a lot of time at work. Yeah. And so if you can't be yourself at work, it's a lot of your time. It is. Um, and then it just becomes, I know for me, I would never have met some of the people that I've met. And they really challenge some of my thinking. Um, mind you, I come from a town of less than 100 people. So there's lots of things I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, so we get folks from Nebraska, we get folks from Colorado, from California, and we all come and, and, and it's a safe space that you can have a conversation, um, and no one's right or wrong. It's mm. just different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it always easy? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I've grown a lot in the last, I would say three or four years, um, with that respect, but that authentically you, you really get to really be you. Yeah. I would say the, the one caveat and kind of challenge that we see when you're actually at a food manufacturing location, um, you also have to keep food safety in mind, right? So right. we have people who want to show up with 
big fake eyelashes and fake nails. <laughs> and I love that for them. I think they look great. Um, but also we can't have lashes and fake nails in the food products that right. we're sending out. So um, there has been a little bit of pushback on that um, because you you lose a percentage of the workforce because people don't want to take their facial piercings out or right. they don't want to remove their, their um, fake nails, stuff like that. Um, so we do have to draw a little bit of a line. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, um, that hasn't been a huge issue yet. I've heard a couple other plants where people have come in and said that. But um, I assume that that will probably be a challenge that we'll, we'll see down the road potentially. Yeah, we'll continue. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Not something I really thought about as an individual mm-hmm. individuality thing. Yeah, and, and so like we have like religious accommodations, right? So yeah. if we have a person who um, in a facility I used to work in, we made a pork product mm-hmm. and he – um, asked to have an accommodation for that. Um, when Cargill can, they will make those accommodations. Um, but someone had asked about, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion accommodations. And, um, I think that that might be something coming down, down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, some of it we'll have to, to evaluate because again, we, we can't let some of that stuff fall into food products, but, Mm -hmm. um, I think we might see a little bit more of that. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe if it's if it's like a permanent piercing that cannot be removed unless it's surgically right. removed, you know, we yeah. can just put like a something over it, something, something like it. that. Yeah. So yeah, Makes more sense. to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see how that goes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Wow, we've covered a lot very quickly. Um. Megan, I know that you talked some about the mental health um, side of things. I'd love to hear, do you have anything that you feel like you've learned throughout the the journey of creating that foundation or of processing your own mental health in work? I would just love to hear if you have any more thoughts on that. I have so many thoughts. Okay, and, and, and now, <laughs> yeah, let's go. I could be here. For, oh, I, I, I could be here for probably a, a a little bit. I I think one of the things that if anybody listening to this podcast is, um, is if you need help, it, is seek it, and mm-hmm. and there is somebody to reach out to them. And in each of us, what works for me may not work for somebody else. But the the one thing is, um, is to share what you're thinking with someone. But early in my career. I was working with a team that didn't ha- didn't show a lot of emotions. Yeah. And so in my viewpoint, I saw myself as broken. Yeah. Um, and so it was a local pastor. And for me, that that was important is my faith was important. Yeah. And him walking me through and me getting both the, the medicine that I needed yeah. um, and also in talking it through. Yeah. It's only been in the last three years that I've shared that journey. Um, and so I share that today of knowing there's somebody out there that's going through it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't, our listeners know this about me because I talk about it all the time, but we haven't talked about, I have clinical depression, a major depressive disorder. And one of my goals throughout this podcast is to talk about it almost to the point of annoyance. Yeah. Where people can feel like, okay. She can talk about it in every conversation. <laughs> she finds a way to bring it up somehow. Um, 
to the point where they can say, you know what, maybe that's something I'm dealing with or to a slightly less lesser degree. So thank you for sharing that. I really yeah, appreciate yeah. it. I, I think it's just one of those things. And two, I, I know with talking about it, um, I have less anxiety now mm. than when I first started talking about it. Yeah. Um, because I'll, for me, it's who I am. Yeah. It's just part of... It's part of my in my it's part of my DNA as I, I tell Kate knows me pretty well. Um, so it's part of my DNA, but it also makes me pretty darn I'm pretty darn um, cool to work with. I, I would say um, I've learned to see where where I fit in the company and and, and, and the gifts that I have and and coming to National mm-hmm. Bay Convention is like my jam. Yeah. Um, and. And in, in, in talking with Becky and, and working with you, these are this is what I do mm-hmm. and what I love. And, yeah. and so I think that's the nice thing about Cargill and coming into Cargill. I've grown up with Cargill now. Um, and they they do find a way to get you to your best fit so that you su- can succeed. And that impacts your mental health. And I will tell you, Kate's been with Cargill how long? 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. I've been... And, yeah. Alex is five and a half and and 22 years. That's what keeps people at companies, Mm -hmm. Cargill or or any company is, is focusing on the individual and putting people first. Yeah. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Kate, since Megan just talked for a while, (laughs) no, in a good way, that was not a, that was not a negative thing. Um, what action steps would you recommend for people surrounding wellness at work? I mean, whether it's people who do work at Cargill or people who work other places, what action steps would you Yeah, so to me, um, one thing that I would call out, you know, communicate, um, especially with your managers and the people around you, um, not just about how things are going now, but where you want to go in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one, the more you are intentional about what you want to do and where you want to go um the more a good manager will help you get there yeah um and then you know don't be afraid to be vulnerable and have tough conversations I had a a person on my leadership team the other day um she pinged me on teams and she goes I just found out one of my friends ended his life um I'm not doing okay I'm locked in my office I'm crying and I go you need to go home. I go, you need to go home. You need to take care of yourself. I was like, I'm, I'm glad that you told me. Um, if you're not comfortable telling anybody else, you know, I'll communicate out that, um, you needed to go home and, and you just take whatever time you need to take care of yourself. Right. Um, and it's all about having those relationships and, and feeling comfortable talking through that. Um, so I, you know, communicate, establish good relationships um, and then um, I had a mentor ask me once, um, you know, what what's your drive? What makes you happy? Um, and my one of my big things is traveling and just enjoying different experiences and experiencing different cultures and stuff. Um, and so you kind of have to realize um, like what you what effort you need to put in to, to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and that also helps me have a little bit of a work-life balance right Mm -hmm. um I know I'm working 
hard. I know I'm going to go take a vacation to Punta Cana in, in a few months. Um, so having those outlets, um, having goals to work towards, um, also just kind of knowing what like centers you and what makes you feel good. Um, I do personal training. I do yoga. Um, I do a lot of solo hiking with my dog. Um, I've, I've done meditation in the past and I, and I'm not always great at shutting my mind off, mm -hmm. but I know if I go hiking, I'm stimulated enough that I won't think about anything for a couple hours. Um, so it's just kind of, um, laying all of those different things out and mm -hmm. like just truly what's, what's best for you. Um, whenever anyone asks for advice, um, career or otherwise, um, that's the first thing I ask them, like, what's going to be best for you? Mm. Um, and it might not be rising the ladder quickly. It might be staying in one place for a while. Um, but no matter what you're going to do, really look at that. Um, my favorite thing to do is, you know, make pros and cons lists and, <laughs> and really think about it. And then in the end, like, it doesn't matter what Cargill wants you to do. It doesn't matter what your um, boss wants you to do. Like you have to do what's going to be best for you. Um, and I've definitely had to sit myself down and remind myself of that a couple times when it, it's 70 hour work week and yeah. like, oh, I'm going crazy and this. And it's just like got to recenter, got to think what's best for me. got to take care yeah. of yourself so you can do the job that you're doing and yeah. you can be support for people around you. I love that, the, especially the communication aspect of it. And that ties into everything we've been talking about is, you know, hearing from your company what's important and then explaining to them what's important. I mean, as you were talking about some of the changes that have been made um, in the plants. And I think that's such a huge part of wellness is that communication piece. And then, yeah. And I think tagging along with Kate and what we've mm -hmm. all been talking about is communication. And then I've been reading a lot and, and looking at, you know, coming in out of the pandemic, folks were talking about extrovert and introverts and how during the pandemic, the introverts were living their best life um, and the extroverts were not having so much fun. I was for like a month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what I've been reading a book by Jenny Allen, yeah. um, Finding Your People. Yeah. And how no matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert, we all need community. And so I think that's what Cargill and some of the work that we're doing right now is what does community look like in the light that we have folks that are in our production facilities. We have folks that physically need to come into a building. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's folks that we have that are working remotely. Yeah. Um, and then there's folks that are doing flex scheduling. And so how do we create a sense of community? Because no matter if you're an introvert or extrovert, that's the one thing in addition to communication that we need um, is that sense of community. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure if you figure out how to like really just crush hybrid community, <laughs> you can just sell that and retire. Like uh, and that's yeah. my game plan. <laughs> We're, we've all started it right here on this podcast, yeah. <laughs> figuring out. So right, that's that's a thing that yeah. people really want to figure out how to do. Yeah. So I know yeah. it's not just Cargill and yeah. So, um, well, 
as usual on this podcast, I feel like we keep talking forever, um, dive into so many different things about wellness. But um, just as we wrap up, I'd love to hear any books, podcasts, other podcasts, other resources that you would recommend for people who are diving into this, whether they want to help their corporation grow or whether they're thinking through wellness in the workplace for themselves, um, anything that comes to mind. And if the answer is no, I can always ask you again later. Well, I'll jump um, because I, I have a few. Obviously, I, I just would echo the Jenny Allen, Finding Your People. Yeah. Um, it is a faith-based book, but I think does a great job of walking you through uh, the need for community. And I enjoyed it coming from an agricultural background where rural America helped raise me. Mm. And it wasn't just my parents. And how do we get back to that yeah. sense of a village? Yeah. Um, Kate actually just recommended uh, a journal book to me in a women's forum, and it's the five-minute journal, and I actually just started it, and it really walks you through thinking about what you're grateful for in the morning and what would a great day look like Mm -hmm. that day, Mm -hmm. and then in the evening just taking a five minutes of what went really well that day, Um, what did you learn? Yeah that day and how can you grow and so just getting you in that habit of not picking up your phone the first thing in the morning but taking some time and really envisioning what your day would look like um and then just lastly and then as as they kind of look up some of their items the other is she actually used to work at Cargill so she understands the business perspective but Heather Whipley um, does a podcast and she's on LinkedIn, okay. but she talks a lot around the imposter sim- syndrome. Mm, yeah. And especially as women, um, we come into a business or come into a situation thinking that we're just not quite enough. And so she's, I love listening to her and, and thinking about, um, and especially someone with anxiety, we lots of time think they're going to figure out that we don't know as much as we know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, those would be my three. Those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, I once had a conversation with Jenny Allen about tacos. So that's my claim to fame. No way. We're going to have to talk about this (laughs) because that's pretty much all there is to say. Okay. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it though. because I love that book. (laughs) Then just so the folks on the podcast don't forget, Alex is here. Yes, he is. Uh, Alex has a contribution. No one has for- forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex has a recommendation. It's the four tendencies, the indispensable personality profiles that reveal how to make your life better. Um, so just looking at your personalities um, and... I can, I don't know. You want me to slide over? Yeah, sure. Okay, so The Four Tendencies, this is actually a book that my manager recommended um, us to look at and actually gave a copy to everyone on the leadership team. But it just goes over people's personality traits and really understanding them. So my... Okay, so The the Four Tendencies, this is actually a book that my manager recommended us to look at and actually gave a copy to everyone on the leadership team, but it just goes over people's personality traits and really understanding them. So my four-year-old daughter, she is a yellow, and yellows talk all the time. They wake up at a 120 out of 100, like... 
next level and together, my wife and I so are you know, know a blue and a green and so like we I don't wake up at that but it's really just it's helped understand like how we're all different and how we process things differently and like how do we work together um so like if I know that you know this person's more of a high energy person and I'm more of an introverted person or you know you, you hear about like the fiery reds or whatever right like just understanding that that's how they are and how they process things and like how you don't need to take offense to some of that stuff. Um, I think it's definitely helped like just understand and even relate to that. I even one time took a description. I was like, you're a red and like read it off to them. I was like, these are the things that reds are good at. These are the things that they're not good at, you know, and like just so that we understand that about each other. Thank you so much. really kind of helped you all three of you for being here today. Understand. It was delightful. Alex, thanks for jumping in and joining us, keeping us honest. I She's a doctor, that. you know. So. Um, yeah, Megan and Kate, um, we'll try to put in the episode notes where people can find you if they want to contact you or, or uh, follow along. And we will hopefully, you know, hear from you again sometime. That yeah, would be fun. Absolutely. Be a good time. We'll definitely be back the same week next year. Next. <laughs> okay, we'll keep that in mind. We'll keep that in mind. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Yes, I, thank I, I you. I really loved w- talking about the workplace wellness. So yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yes, thank you. Awesome. It. And we'll it. talk to you next time.